it is the gardening program here on Midwest Radio. A bank holiday weekend, Porrick. Good morning to you. Good morning and a, and a good bank holiday weekend. Weather-wise, it sounds like it's going to be lovely tomorrow and yeah. Monday and into Tuesday. So that's and even today, not, uh, you know, yeah, other than a, a bit of cloud. Yeah, but other than that, it's going to be absolutely fine. It sure is. It sure is. Now, just I know you have other things on the agenda I have today, in the yeah. afternoon. I just want to say a special call out to my own team, the Horkins Group team, because we're cycling Pink Ribbon today and we have over 20 of our team members from all over the country have come to Castle Bar and, and they're going to participate in, in the Pink Ribbon um, cycling around the 50k uh, Rouge this morning, which, so we're uh, looking which, forward to it. Uh, when, I, when I heard 50k initially, I said, Oh, gay, I'm impressed. Ah, yeah. no, well done, everybody. Yeah, and they're, yeah. they're going to be, and But you're so, making a day out. We're Canterbury. going to make a day out, it's yeah, going to be a lovely. bit of fun, and you'll see us in our pink tops and, and all of that cycling around the country. So that we're, I'm, I'm shooting back straight after the programme to join in and, and have some fun. Um, so well done to, 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 to my own team in particular for participating in that. And I believe the numbers in Pink Ribbon this year are have exceeded all other years. So it's the numbers are up and you yeah. see lots of cyclists. It's a fantastic event it is. Uh, and it is growing in stature and numbers every year. And it's a charity event. All the, all the funds go to uh, the research of breast cancer in particular in Galway, which is great. Um, and the team have done great work there over the last seven or eight years now that it's been been um, on the go. So that's the first thing. Mm-hmm. Second thing, just to uh, say to listeners, I won't be in the garden centre today. Obviously, I'll be on my cycling. bike. <laughs> but tomorrow, I'm, I'm actually going to be in the garden centre from two till five in Turlock, and we're doing a hanging basket demo. Okay. Um, which always goes down well. It's always a bit of fun. So from two to five each hour. So from two, three, and four o'clock, I'll be uh, there myself, and I'll be uh, showing people how to put their hanging baskets, window boxes, patio containers together. So what I would say to people, if they want to come along. Bring your empty hanging basket and I'll pick two or three baskets from the audience and I'll actually plant those up um, and people can take them away free of charge. So if you've got a container that needs a bit of love, now I'm not going to plant them all, but right. I'll, I'll pick two or three containers, maybe some of the more interesting ones, and um, I'll show people how to plant them up. And just some hints and tips on planting up hanging baskets, window boxes and containers for summer colour. Um, this is the time of year as we come into the Maybank holiday. It's certainly, it's a little tad too early to be putting them outside just yet. Things are, the temperatures are still quite chilly, quite cold. So avoid placing them outside. But it is the time to plant them up. Maybe sit them in a, in a bright windowsill or a patio or conservatory or a greenhouse or tunnel. They're perfectly fine out there. Or put them out during the day and, and take them in at night time um, in, in a sheltered spot. So tomorrow, if you're knocking round Castle Bar, Turlock, between two and five, I'll be there showing people how to put hanging baskets together. And please bring along uh, one or two year containers and uh, I'll pick some of the more deserving causes and, and we'll, we'll plant them up. Some interesting plants, not just kind of bedding plants, but I'll use some other different plants. So, as like well. the vegetables and bits and pieces that yeah, we and have strawberries. been touching on over the last exactly. uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, and I see there's a question this morning just on mm-hmm. that about hanging baskets and what you can put into them. Even things like tomatoes, they can be planted in hanging baskets, like the tumbler variety, which is brilliant in in hanging baskets or red profusion is another really good one for tubs and containers. So I will be talking a lot about that and some kitchen herbs, uh, strawberries and then some interesting plants that you can use in your hanging baskets and possibly a combination of all of those going into a basket or container as well. The other thing I wanted to mention, Deirdre, last September I had the honour of going to Clermoris to the awards of the Cleaner Community Campaign, which is run by Mayo County Council. 
And I thought it was a great initiative. It was the first time I was actually there. And uh, we had communities from all over Mayo who participated in the Cleaner Community Campaign. And Mayo County Council have put together a number of very novel ideas for getting communities and organisations around Mayo to participate, I suppose, in keeping their, their community cleaner and tidier and putting a bit of effort in, in you know, in term, particularly in terms of litter and in adding plants and colour to their community. Uh, and the, 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 the campaign has started again so people can apply or communities or organisations around Mayo can actually apply to Mayo County Council at the moment uh, to participate in the cleaner community campaign for this year. And they've got novel ideas like Blooming Lovely, which is a... Oh, that this, sounds good. So this category is open to all communities who undertake brightening of their community through planting of flower shrubs and native trees. So that, that was quite a good one. So really there they're looking for communities that want to plant up hanging baskets or containers or window boxes or plant some plants in the community uh, to increase the biodiversity within that community. So that's a particularly nice one. I also saw, thought the Adopt a Mile is a very good one. Again, it's open to secondary schools and community groups where they adopt a mile within their community and they keep it litter free they may plant some trees in it and they great idea they, they adopt that mile and keep it tidy and neat there's all, also one for the coastal areas um, for again keeping it thing. another one I thought which is novel was the best kept burial ground and so many communities put so much effort into keeping um, cemeteries and burial areas uh, tidy and neat and trimmed yep. and, and so on. So there's actually a category for the best kept burial ground. So there's a number of different categories um, open to schools, community groups and organisations. It's something if you go onto the Mayo County Council website it's called the Cleaner Community Campaign and um, they have obviously they have the judges out during the summer judging the various communities and then they have the awards night. I think it was September, October last year and, and there's um, prizes given out and it's a great way to recognise the good work the communities do throughout the community. So it's the a case that people enter uh, the... Their, uh, they apply. They, they apply. Yeah, so the, the details are open, they are all available now on the Mayo County Council website. It's simply called the Cleaner Community Campaign and there is one, two, three, four, five, six different uh, categories so that people no can excuse. enter. Yeah, yeah, and it's very much geared around litter and, um, you know, taking responsibility for your community, keeping it tidy, beautifying it with some plants or trees or whatever and getting the community involved yeah. in. And I know in areas where there are tidy towns groups and there are lots and lots of tidy towns groups and they do absolutely phenomenal work sure all do. together uh, and I'd like to pay tribute even to my own tidy towns group in Roscommon because they are super duper but uh, in so smaller communities you know there mightn't just be enough numbers to have tidy towns groups as such so this is a great initiative for you know everyone to get involved whether it's just one or two people or whether it's a wider exactly. Exactly. Group and just, I suppose, kind of being cognizant of the importance of maintaining the area in which we live. Yeah, yeah. and there's also the whole social aspect of it where communities come together. I mean, the fun and the banter on the awards night, uh, you know, it was it was yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Food was pr provided, there was a, the bar was open type of thing and it was just a great it, celebration yeah. And it can of be a great way to get to know neighbours and stuff exactly. like that, that you mightn't have an opportunity, you know, you nod to people or whatever it yeah. is, but just so a way of kind of just getting together for an hour and striking up conversation. The whole social aspect, mm. there's also the health and well-being aspects of being out in the environment and, and doing something to improve your environment. So that's the Cleaner Community Campaign, the award uh, 2018. It's open at the moment for applications. Go on to the Mayo County Council website and, you know, simple things like Adopt a Mile, the, the, the coastal, again, that's where they take on a, a, an area of a beach 
and, and keep that clean and tidy. The burial ground, Blooming Lovely, is another great one. The best kept school for primary schools, a great way to get children involved, particularly those children, the, the Green Schools campaign. And Sweep Your Street is another simple one that they do. So there's six different categories open to all communities and organisations and schools in Mayo, and that's run by Mayo County Council. It'll be judged during the summer and the awards will be again. I'll be looking forward to them again in the autumn. Okay, and of course, if anyone has any questions in relation to uh, ameliorating your environment uh, and you want us to address them on the programme, please yeah, do feel free. Yeah, if there's any help we can yeah, give, to, absolutely. To, to throw questions of that nature at us as well. It's not always necessarily about uh, individual gardens. No. What else are we doing, Port? Jobs well, for the weekend. I mean, we're on a bank holiday. Yeah, I thought we'd just kind of feature a couple of things that, that, that people could do and focus on during the, the next couple of days. I really admiring the uh, cherries this year the prunus cans and the lovely pink cherry i actually stopped off on my way back to castlebar yesterday or last saturday in ballyhonest with some lovely um beautiful varieties of prunus Kanzan in full flower and we, we actually recorded a little video that's up on my uh, Facebook page and Twitter page if people want to see it but that's the, the variety the prunus Kanzan is the double pink flowering cherry that's in full bloom at the moment and this is the time of year to plant it in your garden and, and actually soil conditions are absolutely brilliant for planting of trees and shrubs and hedging in particular so that's a really nice one um, and so if you want that variety this is the time to, to plant it in your garden generally the trees when you purchase them in your local garden centre are between 6 and 7 feet you may get a small bit of flower this year but the tree will come into growth, there'll be lots of great new growth and leaves on it and it will flower then the following spring and every spring after that but there are other varieties like Prunus Sherite, which is the white flowering, the flat top cherry, and a, and a larger tree called Taihaku. They're all Japanese cherries. Taihaku actually means large flowers. Um, so it's a particularly large flowering white variety if you want something a little bit different. But the planting of cherries, this is the time of year to put them into your garden. So if you're admiring the lovely Prunus Kanzan that's in flower literally everywhere, uh, this is the time to plant in the garden. Remember, it does make a medium to large size tree, so you need a bit of space for it. If you want a smaller cherry, Prunus Sherite, the flat top cherry, would be more suitable. And there is a weeping variety of J- Japanese cherry as well that literally weeps like a weeping willow. Talking about trees, again, trees like maples, mm-hmm. laburnums, the golden rain tree, which is always very nice as well. And as we come into the middle of May, it'll be flowering now in two or three weeks' time, probably a bit later this year, probably the end of May. Uh, but again, that can be planted at this time of year. It produces those lovely bright yellow foot-long flowers um, in, in late spring, early summer. But the planting of trees in general, dear, this is the time of year. Soil conditions are good. Um, as long as they're potted, they'll transplant no problem whatsoever. And it's a good time of year to see trees in the in the garden centres because they're literally coming into leaf or into flower. It's a great time to, to, to actually select them. If you want a really nice small trees, the Japanese maples are lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in the Acer, Acer palmatum. There's lots of different varieties, uh, some with bright yellow leaves, some with orange foliage, some with red foliage. And they can be planted in pots and containers or they can be planted out in garden soil as well. So this is the time for planting them out of doors. So really, trees in general, if you're admiring a tree anywhere in any garden, this is the time of year to plant them in your own garden. So, um, and some really nice ones in, in flower. We did mention the hanging baskets. So again, thinking about kind of projects that listeners could do 
within 20 minutes in their garden over the the, the uh, Maybank holiday. So I thought about you know planting up patio containers in particular. So the likes of the hanging baskets could be planted now, but also simple things like the living edible salad bar. So this is just a window box that you plant up with things like lettuce. Um, you could put in things like the uh, chives, some spring onions, some radishes, anything that will add a bit of, of um, taste and foliage for the summer period. And you can simply just pick those leaves. So rather than harvesting the actual plant, you peel the plant and take the leaves from okay. it. So cut and come lettuce would be quite nice. Chinese cabbage could be used. There's lots of parsley, of course. And just planting up a simple window box or a range of different foliage plants, you can literally cut the, the leaves and they'll continue to grow or peel the leaves and they'll continue to grow during the summer months. So an edible salad bar, this is the time of year to plant it up, sit it on your windowsill and then use it right through the whole summer. If you keep taking the leaves off the plants, they'll just keep on growing. So rather than just harvesting that, that lettuce plant, you can actually just take the leaves from it. And same with lots of herbs. Kitchen herbs, this is the time of year for planting them up for summer use. So if you're planning your barbecues later on in the summer mm. or, you know, particularly for any dishes, this is the time to plant up the likes of rosemary, lavender, marjoram, oregano, chives, all of those, lemon balm, which is fantastic in drinks, beautiful lemon scent from lemon balm and so easy to grow. So again, planting up of herds, you can plant them in your garden soil, but they do so well in containers as well. And I'll be touching on this tomorrow on Sunday between two and five in the garden centre, planting herbs and containers. Also the planting of dahlias, if you want some cut flowers from the garden this summer. So if you've got a family occasion or a um, or just you just want a ball of colour for the summer that you can cut and bring in home. Then things like the calla lilies, nearines, which flower late summer, early autumn, gladi- gladioli, which produce lovely long-stemmed and lovely for cutting, sweet peas or double dahlias. This is the time of year. Most of those are planted from bulbs. You can get those into the soil now. So the daffodils have gone out of flower, but it's time to plant summer uh, bulbs. So particularly dahlias, scented lilies, the calla lilies, Gladioli, they can all be planted from bulbs at this time of year for flowering later on in July and August and particularly for uh, cut flowers, they're, they're fantastic. And the planting of sweet peas, that should happen at this time of year as well. Again, the feeding of the lawn, we've probably talked about lawns in, mm-hmm. in depth, but, but this again, Maybank, if you haven't fed your lawn, give it a feed now. Um, continue to trim it on a regular basis and um, you know just, just take care of the lawn really at this time of year. Bark mulching beds, so if you've got some beds that need a bit of topping up, bark mulch generally tends to biodegrade over a number of years. So it's a good time of year before the weeds start getting a hold. Just top up uh, any beds or shrubs that you've got bark mulch on and give them an extra couple of layers just before the weeds start to grow. The feeding of shrubs should happen again over the, this weekend. Um, so again, if you have trees and shrubs in the garden, give them a, a dressing of a tree and shrub fertiliser like Pro 6 just to boost them on. And the last thing really is the sowing of seeds. So we often associate the sowing of seeds indoors, but there are quite a range of seeds that can be actually sown directly out of doors. So if you've got a piece of garden soil or a bed, you just want to add a bit of colour, then look for some of the hardy annuals. And there's some lovely ones like night-scented stocks that if you sow from seed, you literally just chuck the seed onto the soil, you rake it in, they germinate within a couple of, of days and night-scented stock comes into flower about the end of June and gives this fantastic scent at night time. So if you have a patio area or somewhere that you're sitting out at night time or underneath the windowsill and you want to add a little bit of scent, then look for night-scented stock. It's a really simple plant to grow. Great one for the children because you can literally just chuck it on the ground 
and rake it, it in and it, it germinates and grows so easily. Nasturtiums, you know the lovely nasturtiums? Oh, I love them and they come in a huge range of colours even though I know we tend to uh, see maybe the yellow and the orange, the orange ones. But they come in reds, all different yeah, colours. Yeah, black and white yeah. and all kinds of ones. All sorts of colours. So the nasturtiums can be sown from seed. The other thing, the, and they're great for ground cover, they're great for banks and slopes and again so easy to grow and I'll be actually using one or two varieties of nasturtium in the hanging baskets tomorrow. But interestingly enough, nasturtiums for our vegetable growers if you want an organic way to keep your caterpillars off your cabbage, right. sow some nasturtiums because the white butterfly prefers nasturtiums to, to cabbage. cabbage. The leaves on nasturtiums are edible, so you can use them in salads. Actually, the flowers are very um, fleshy. So when you eat the flowers, there's a bit of a, a bite in them that makes sense. You can yeah. actually eat the buds, the nasturtium buds, or you can let them open and flower and use them in salads or any dish during yep. the summer months as a as a garnish and just to dress them. You don't have to cook them. You literally just eat them raw and same with the foliage. But interesting enough, if people want to keep their caterpillars off their cabbage, then sow the nasturtium seed obviously somewhere away from the cabbage and you'll find the white butterfly will actually go to the leaves of the nasturtium before they'll go to the leaves of the cabbage. The cabbage. So they prefer the nasturtium, the peppery so taste. So offer, offer them something tastier. Absolutely. And so you'll divert the actual white butterfly away from your, your... So it's a great organic way of, rather than using pesticides, to encourage but the white butterfly, because they're going to lay the eggs somewhere, so why not let them lay them on the nasturtium plants and... Um, Remember that the nasturtium is an edible plant. You can eat both the flowers and you can eat the foliage. Another edible plant that you could sow from seed, and remember with nasturtiums, again, the seeds are quite big. They're like the size of a pea. And children, again, love to sow them because, again, they germinate very rapidly. There's some varieties like Alaska that have variegated leaves and nice orange and yellow flowers. Um, and, you know, as you said, there's, there's lots of other colours within the nasturtium family. But another edible plant is one called the English marigold or the calendula, mm-hmm. which, again, they, they often call the, the, um, the flowers of calendula poor man's saffron. Because it's saffron... So as does you, it, give, it gives kind of saffron, does it? It does. Saffron is a very expensive herb mm-hmm. to buy. But you can use the flowers of calendula, of, of the English marigold, to colour dishes. And it gives a nice, very nice flavour as well. And again, the flowers are totally edible, as is the foliage on uh, English marigold. But a great flowering plant as well. I mean, again, if you just put the seed in the ground, it, it germinates, it flowers. It's a very, very easy plant to grow. So there's quite a lot of what we call hardy annuals that you can sow directly out into the soil. Love in the Mist is another lovely blue, blue flowering plant. Um, another one I like is one called Lavateria, the mallow. So this particular plant makes like a small shrub. You sow it from seed at this time of year. It comes in pink and white. Again, you can literally sow it directly out of doors, but it makes a plant about 18 inches in height, 18 inches in width. So like a small mound of shrub but it flowers its head off from the middle of July right through to early winter. So again if you've got a spare piece of area in the ground mm. and you want to sow some seeds particularly with the children well then I'd advise the, the likes of the night scented stock the nasturtiums, the English marigolds white allison which is fantastic scent. If you want something for bees go for things like um, poppies, the, the single flowering poppies or the phacelia, which is the lovely blue flowering yeah, plants, yeah. the green manure, and that can be sown from seed. So as the temperatures start to rise now, you can sow lots of seeds directly into the soil, not just flowering plants, but obviously a lot of vegetable seed mm. can still be planted at this time of year. So they're the type of jobs 
within 20 minutes. My goodness me. You will do in your garden. Yeah, that's No a, problem. That's a great range. So uh, if we get even a tenth of those done pork, we'll, we'll, we'll have a great sense of achievement. Exactly. And the yeah. weather is going to be ideal for, for all of those items, for the planting, the sowing of seeds, the planting up of vegetables. It's going to be great this weekend. Um, can I grow strawberries and herbs in a hanging basket? Yes, you can. And we'd, I'll be showing that tomorrow between two and five. So pop in and... Uh, to, we'll go through exactly what you can do in your hanging basket but strawberries and herbs and all of those can be mixed up together and plant you can just do a strawberry planter if you want or you can mix it with other plants and if anything strawberries do really well in pots and containers they like that little bit of confinement they tend to fruit better okay now will grape trees grow in ireland outside are the black types better than the green well they'll grow outside i mean the plant itself is um it's actually re- related to virginia creeper you know the lovely virginia mm. creeper the colors in the autumn they're all in the in the vine family uh, but the trick is to get them to fruit and to fruit they really need to be in a, a tunnel conservatory uh, large glass house uh, otherwise you know, the plant will grow but you'll get very small or insignificant fruit forming if it's left outside now if you had a really south facing sunny wall with fantastic shelter very rare in the west of Ireland you could give it a go yeah. but certainly um, to, to get grapes to fruit well they do need to be in a minimum of, of a tunnel or a greenhouse and they are, they're actually great because if you've got a tunnel you can train them up the bars of the tunnel and up the roof of the tunnel and they actually give great shade to the, to the plants during the summer period so they're, they're obviously they're in full leaf in June, July and August when potentially we get some sunlight and it acts like a, a putting a shade into the tunnel as well. So it helps to shade your plants. So if you've got a greenhouse tunnel, um, large conservatory, then yeah, the grapes are well worth growing and, and they, they'll fruit for many years and they produce large size fruit. There's a black one called Black Hamburg, which is quite good. Um, but also you can grow the green as well. They're, they're equally easy to grow. Yeah. Um, it's personal preference really is it? it is it is really you know the the, the flavor is slightly different i think on the on the black on the hamburg the black hamburg um but otherwise they're both equally as easy to grow but my advice really is to, to grow them if you've got a tunnel greenhouse conservatory somewhere protected you'll find them difficult to fruit otherwise um i, I now in I, dublin and parts of i mean there's a grapevine um farm in wexford where they actually grow the grapes for wine production. And is that open air? or well, open they, air, yeah, yeah, they're out on, yeah, but I mean, that's Wexford, you so know, it's the sunny, sunny south east, mm, yeah, okay. and and obviously the selective varieties that will tolerate our wet, wetter conditions. So yeah. the, tree, the plants themselves are perfectly hardy to grow outside. It's the fruiting and the need good levels of sunlight. Yeah and, yeah, and warmth. And warmth, and that's yeah. what the tunnel or greenhouse. Now, you don't have to heat it. A normal tunnel or greenhouse, just that little bit of polythene gives enough protection for them to produce good-sized fruit. Yeah, I was in somebody's house there about a year ago, and they had, uh, it was kind of, I suppose, you know, a shed structure out the back, and they had, the, you know, that kind of perspex yes. as the roof. Yeah, perfect. Um, the, the kind of clearer one, and oh my goodness, the vine, I was completely taken aback. Yeah. It was fabulous. Mm-hmm. Now, and I think it had been there um, quite a number of years. So it it's something that lives for a for long time. A long, yeah. long time. But it was, yeah, yeah. it was trailed up along the roof area and it was just magnificent. And that's the beauty of it, you know, and the grapes are, were literally hanging mm. over your head. I couldn't get over it. Yeah, and they're very easy to mm. grow. I mean, it's not a difficult plant. It's like planting an apple tree. Once you've had planted, it, it tends to, okay, a little bit of pruning, but apart from that, they grow very successively. But they do need exactly that, the bit of perspex or the tunnel or the conservatory or the greenhouse. But they're a great plant for giving shade. So not only will you get your grapes 
but you'll get some shade in the tunnel as well. And they need a little bit of training to get them to fill. Yes, these to, were these were yeah, trained, trained up, and, yeah. and there's, so there's a little bit of work to them. Yeah, but but, but, they're, it, but they and it's a great conversational piece as you're well, sipping yeah, your bit of vino. Convergence seem like fine, but yeah, but very impressive. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So I hope that answers the question. <laughs> okay. Now I have a warm conservatory. We're staying Brilliant. with this kind of an environment for a moment. Could Porik recommend a fruiting plant that would grow there? Not grape, I guess. So, not something else. Not a, yeah. <laughs> Well, well, yeah, and, and grapevine does need a lot of space, so yeah. it's only really for bigger areas. So what can you grow in your conservatory fruiting? Well, you can grow lots of things. Lemon, if you're fond of the tea and ton, ton, tonic, uh, you can grow the lemon plant, will do very well in a conservatory. Um, lemons, fruit, you tend to get the young fruit and mature fruit on the tree at the same time. And generally a good-sized lemon tree will give you 8 to maybe 12 uh, lemons per year. Uh, and a quite, again, a nice decorative plant. You can also grow some of the orange, some of the citrus, like um, kumquats. You know, the kumquats yes. are mar- uh, the, the, um, small. the small the oranges. They're successful as well. Again, the plants will be available, both on the lemon and the orange, at this time of year. It'd be a good time to introduce them into the conservatory. Um, but you can also use other fruiting plants, like simple tomatoes could be used, cucumbers can be used, peppers or chilies that we talked about last week can all be grown in a warm conservatory and they're all fruiting plants. But something novel and something different, certainly the kumquats or the um, the lemons would be okay. Yeah, and, and they're perfectly fine. You leave them in the conservatory all winter and there's enough protection there to keep them frost-free and they'll do well. Excellent. They'll do well. They'll take the heat. They'll take the heat. Yeah. Um, now, uh, I've got some hydrangeas. I got them a few weeks ago. I repotted them with ericaceous soil, but they don't seem to be doing so well. Slightly black leaves, flowers are holding back. Uh, what should I do? Person is in Okay, my, my guess here, like most hydrangeas, outdoor hydrangeas, are really only coming into leaf at the moment. So my guess here is that the listener actually bought what we call forced hydrangeas. So these are hydrangeas that are in flower, possibly for Mother's Day or for a special occasion. Mm-hmm. It's where in, in Holland they actually bring the hydrangeas into flower prematurely. So they're flowering in March and, and, and April um, and often at Christmas time as well. So when you buy them, they're actually fully grown. Um, if you put them out of doors, naturally that's going to set them back because during March and, and April it's been very cold and we've got frost at night time. So you're seeing the symptoms of a bit of weather damage on the actual plants. Yeah. So really my advice is to leave them alone they'll, they'll kick into growth as we get into a, a little bit of warmer temperatures because the normal hydrangea is literally has only put on four or five inches of growth in the last couple of weeks so they're only beginning to grow so leave them alone they'll actually kick back into growth with some new stems new leaves you won't get any additional flowers this year you'll get a ball of green leaves this year but on that they'll flower the following summer so it's nothing the listener has done wrong. They've just bought a plant that has been forced and fooled into thinking it's summertime. And naturally, with the cold, the last six weeks of cold weather and frost at nighttime, the plants have actually gone back. So they're they kind of protecting be- themselves, really. Yeah, they would have been better actually leaving them inside and on a windowsill and just keeping them going until the conditions warmed yeah. up a little bit more. Yeah. So they're going to grow in the pots fine. The ericaceous compost is perfectly okay. As they kick into growth in a couple of weeks' time, give them a liquid feed. Um, you can use an ericaceous feed just to boost them on. But remember, you're not going to get any additional flowers this summer. You're playing really for next year. And those hydrangeas could be planted out into the garden soil if you want it later on in the summer to, to, to grow so, as normal hydrangeas. Um, 
you know, if, yeah. if they want a bit you of colour. You don't have to be mind, you don't have to keep minding them in, the in pots all the time. So the listener can put them out. As So I would just leave them alone, let them start to green up, uh, give them a couple of liquid feeds, and then maybe at the end of June, plant them into an area where you let them flower every year as a shrub. Lovely. Now, is it safe enough to plant out geraniums yet? No, things are very cold. <clears throat> I have geraniums actually in the tunnel at the moment, and I was looking at them the, during the middle of the mm. week, and they're actually gone purple with the cold. So they're in a tunnel without any heat. Now, they're perfectly fine. They'll yeah. actually green up again. But the cold weather, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it actually discolors plants. When you see that reddening in the leaf or a purple coloration in the leaf of plants, it's a sign that the plants are just, they're under that little bit of stress from the cold. Um, so don't put them outside unless you've got a very, very sheltered courtyard or a, a very sheltered area in the garden. I would leave them until certainly another two to three weeks we're still getting cooler temperatures, frost at night time, um, and that will all affect geraniums and just set them back. So keep them indoors, protect them for another two weeks at least, and then, depending on weather conditions, plant them out. I mean, you're soon enough planting them out the June uh, weekend. Right, you know, so in, another, in four weeks another time. couple of weeks. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. Same with most of the softer bedding plants like busy lizzies, begonias, geraniums, anything that's soft that frost can affect or cold temperatures can affect, keep indoors. You'll only set them back by putting them out. Hardier bedding plants, say like the English marigold that we chatted about or white alisum mm. or blue lobelia, any of the hardy annuals, they can be certainly planted out. Violas, pansies, they're all perfectly fine. But any of the sweet pea is perfectly fine out of doors. But any of the softer, tender plants. And again, your local garden centre will advise you on what's suitable for planting out and what's suitable for for just protecting for another couple of weeks. Okay. A problem with my vine weevil, or with vine weevil rather, yep. I find them in most of my pots. Is there any preventative measure I can take? I wash the pots before I use them uh, on how to get, so I'm not sure how they get into the compost. Should I wash the roots of the plants from affected pots before repotting <clears> them? <throat> it's a problem every year. So yeah. What treatment? And the old vine weevil. So what the listener is talking about is Persistent. actually the, is the maggots okay. uh, of the vine weevil. So the vine weevil is actually a beetle, a beetle-like. Uh, the adult is a beetle. And um, all are female. And they produce their eggs normally in July, August in particular, and particularly on pots. They love to lay them in pots because the plant is confined. The roots can go nowhere. So the young larvae, when they hatch out, just continually feed on the roots during the autumn, winter and spring period. Now, the good news is there is a, and the reason you're getting them is simply because the adults have, they're nocturnal, they actually lay the eggs at night time, they feed at night time, but it's the young that are the problem. Now, there is a, a, a natural treatment for them called nematodes, and they're available at the moment. So if you pop into your local garden centre, ask them for, they're made by a company called Neerdorf, they're a Belgian company, um, but these are basically, uh, all it is is a powder, you mix it in water, you pour it into your container. So if you have things like fuchsias, geraniums, hostas, virginias, uh, uh, heucras, those sort of plants, they absolutely relish them. Begonias are loved by vine weevil. So the treatment is a product called Neerdorf. It's an it's a, a nematode, and from memory, the pack will cover two hundred pots. Okay. So does that'll it, keep it, you going for a it while? It keeps you going for a while. And funny enough, a lot of the nursery growers that that I deal with now have switched over to using the nematodes because they find them, first of all, they're organic. Mm -hmm. They're a natural predator that feeds on the, the larvae of the vine weevil. So when you mix them in water and you pour them onto your container, they actually hatch out. They attack the maggot. They kill it. And they actually reproduce. They produce new, new young. So they're self 
perpetuating. Right. Like, do you like that word. I do. I'm <laughs> Self perpetuating. <laughs> um, so, so they actually keep working until the vine weevil in the pot are completely dead, and they in turn then die out. Because their their purpose is, is has ceased. Exactly, they, and they've no other uh, living organism to, to 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 kill or to work on. And is it just mine weevil that they're specific? No, they actually, or, do, or do they cover any, they, anything else that we have cover, difficulty with? And again, this is from memory, but from memory, they cover vine weevil in particular, wireworm, leather jackets, and carriage root fly. So that's a fair whack. Yeah. Yeah. So anything that's a maggot, uh, they also actually control the chafter grub as well, which is a um, again a pest. It's like it's like vine weevil. It's a small maggot that can be destructive on okay. cabbage on cabbages and other things as well. So basically, you you buy it. It's a small little canister. You simply mix it in water. You pour it onto anything that's affected. You can use it on garden soil as well if you've got. So do you use jackets. it on the soil or on the actual? Uh, if it's on the pot, so on the if it's in the pots, you literally mm-hmm. pour it onto the compost. Right. Or if it's on your vegetable garden, you literally pour it onto the soil. It doesn't affect any plant, so it's very safe. And it doesn't affect you. It doesn't as, affect you. More importantly, yeah. yeah, but it won't affect your plants. It won't affect children or, or pets or anything like that it only affects the actual maggots it's an organic treatment it's used now and it, particularly where, where the strawberry growers are using it a lot uh, because there's a strawberry weevil that, that attacks the roots of strawberries and a lot of the nursery lads that are growing shrubs and, and so on in undercover they're using it as well rather than using pesticides which is great to see and, and I think they use it particularly because itself perpetuating <laughs> so it spreads and it controls that's quite a big area so so that's it it's uh, nematodes. available nematodes if you go into your local garden centre ask them for the Neerdorf nematode um, you can use them at this time of year and they're very effective right let's go back to those questions and I think uh, Sundance, Sundance uh, which is yeah. yeah. so what uh, I have a shrub called Sundance and some of the leaves have gone white it's shown uh, it, it's sown in the ground what might be the problem what's Sundance so it's a plant called Choicea Sundance so it's an evergreen foliage plant it's actually well, very well named because the leaves are a bright buttery yellow fantastic uh, colourful plant particularly during the winter and spring period but all year round it's got that beautiful uh, bright butter yellow foliage and it's followed then springtime in late April May with lovely white flowers Mexican orange blossom is actually the common name for it because it smells of oranges when it's in flower it's actually a plant that bees love anytime it's in flower in the garden centre it's covered in in honeybees it comes in a green form uh, Choicea ternata and it comes in another nice variety called Aztec Pearl as well which is a great flowering variety but Sundance in particular is a really nice particularly for foliage colour if you've got say purple foliage shrubs in the garden the Sundance is lovely to mix with it as a contrast so if you've got things like the smoke bush or pittosporum or purple berberus then put in some Choicea uh, Sundance beside it because you've got fantastic foliage colour and flower now it's going a bit yellow and, and whitish yes. on the top of the yeah. leaf and that's just down to the cold weather and it often gets that because they remember at the top of the plant is where the young leaves are and if we get a cold chill period or some frost at night time you get whitening of the top of the leaves because they're a little bit more tender all the listener needs to do is to trim that back so shorten them back by maybe four to six inches give it a feed of Osmo Pro 6 mm-hmm. that'll green it up it'll add 
some colour to it and it'll be perfectly fine. So there's no disease or any problem with this plant. It's literally just uh, weather, a little bit of weather damage. Feeding it will will, uh, bring back the colour into the plant again. And I generally advise anyway, pruning back the choicest, both the Sundance and the Aztec Pearl and the Choicea Ternata, pruning them back at this time of year every year anyway because you end up with a nicer, fuller, bushier plant and more colourful foliage. So literally just trim it back by four or six inches, give it a feed and the plant will be perfectly fine. Great. Now, uh, would it be too soon to plant bedding annuals, as I think some are hardy? Also, what time would you recommend for borders and for pots? Yeah, so it's too cold at the moment for anything sensitive like French marigolds or the busy lizzies that we mentioned, begonias, geraniums, any of those that are what we call half-hardy annuals, but those, those that are affected by frost. And again, if you're in your local garden centre, they'll advise you on the plants that can be planted out of doors. So stick to the hardier guys like violas, pansies, English marigolds, the white alison that I mentioned at the top of the programme, blue lobelia is still fine to plant out at this time of year. So there's a range of plants called hardy annuals. The frost won't affect them. You can plant them directly out into the garden soil at this time of year. But any of the half hardy, the softer plants, I would leave certainly for another three weeks because there's no point in putting them out. The cold weather will set them back and you're going to and, and they're going to be just sitting there waiting for the slugs to attack them as well. So leave all the softer stuff till the end of May, the first week of June, and you're time enough putting them into the garden then. Okay, great. Now, um, I'm hoping to set some summer flowering bulbs okay. uh, this weekend. I have a variety of spring flowering bulbs that I never quite got around to planting in October okay. of November last year. <laughs> I hear you, listener. And if I were to put them down now, along with the summer bulbs, two jobs in one, what but the chances are <laughs> that they'll flower for me next spring. Well, that's the, the gas thing Yay about it. That's so many, so many spring spring bulbs, things like daffodils and tulips that are purchased in September, they October, November. They do. They're sitting there with a great intent to plant them, but they're sitting there. And particularly this winter, it's understandable with the amount of rain we've had. My advice is always to plant them, put them into the garden. You're going to lose nothing. If you leave them in the shed, they ain't going to hold for next year. So put them into the garden soil, plant them up now, put them in clusters of the same variety. So if you've got tulips or daffodils, plant them in groups of fives and sevens together and let's see what comes. Invariably, they tend not to flower because the little flower embryo has died in it, but the leaves will come on and the following year they'll come into flower. So put the spring bulbs in. Summer bulbs like the dwarf dahlias, the nearines that I mentioned, scented lilies, gladioli, they can all be planted. Calla lilies, they can all be planted now directly out of doors. You can start them off or if you want, you can start them off in a couple of pots and containers and a windowsill and get a bit of a head start Mm. and then plant them out at the end of May. But I would plant all the bulbs that you have. Get them out into the garden soil now. You have nothing to lose. Okay, great stuff. Uh, now, I've new tomato plants and they're yellowing at the centre of the leaves and recently repotted. Would that be the yeah, problem? Yeah, it sounds like it. And, and you generally, when you repot um, small plants like tomatoes, if you over the danger is that you can overwash them because naturally enough after repotting they haven't established uh, a strong root base just yet so if the compost is wet around them it tends to be cold and wet and you tend to get that yellowing so just ease back of the watering make sure that you have them inside in a tunnel greenhouse a warm windowsill even bring them inside let the compost dry so don't wash them for at least a week 10 days maybe even a fortnight you'll nearly know by the weight of the pot when they require 
rewatering. So let the surface and the and the compost dry up quite a bit. That'll help the roots as well to initiate themselves into the compost and penetrate into the compost. And when you wash them again, just use a small amount. Just kind of coax them on now for a couple of weeks. Once we get a bit of warm weather, tomatoes will start to gallop ahead. So um, just ease off on the watering. And particularly when you replant new plants, it's a danger that they can be quite wet for quite a long time because the root base isn't established. Now, as we get into the summertime, you'll be watering those tomatoes every day. Yeah. Never mind every fortnight. So, you know, just to keep an eye on that, really. Okay, uh, time is starting to go against us. So a couple of quick fire ones, Porik, if we can. What's the treatment for canker in apple trees? Well, prune it out. That's the first thing. If you've got any canker disease, which is kind of a scaling or a scab on the actual um, stem, on the bark of the tree, it's very distinctive. So prune out as much as you can. And any of those cut wounds, you can seal them with a, a treatment called heal and seal, which, as it, the name suggests, it heals up the wound. There's a fungicide in it. It helps to prevent against canker. But in the west of Ireland... Apple trees attract canker due to our high level of rainfall. So generally most trees have some levels of canker. So the trick is to prune it out. You can still do it at this time of year. And again, put on the heel and seal and that will prevent it or, or, you know, help to protect them. I planted a magnolia stellata last year. The flowers have turned brown uh, once it flowered this year. What can I do? Well, they're very short flowering. There's nothing wrong with that plant. I mean, the stellata is the lovely white flowering variety. And remember, we had some frosts at night time when the stellatas and camellias in particular were in flower this year. So they went over pretty quickly. So it's not a disease. It's not a pest. What to do with that plant now is to feed it up for next year. And all spring flowering plants like magnolias, rhododendrons, azaleas, um, uh, uh, the camellias, they'll benefit from regular feeding now with a neuricaceous liquid feed because you're actually building them up for next spring. So the more you look after them during the spring and summer period, the better they're going to bud and the better they're going to flower for next year. Okay. Is there such a thing as white lavender? There is. Okay. It's available at the moment. You get them in all different colours. Can I trim trumpeter roses now? Yes, you can. And if you haven't pruned your roses, I said this last week, get out there and get them pruned back. So prune back the trumpeter roses by a, a minimum of half. So you're going to be shortening them back about at least a foot. Um, take out any dead wood, prune them back hard and give them a good feed of rose fertiliser. And it's a fantastic variety. Okay. Trumpeter. And uh, on the last one, um, I need to empty all the compost from my pots before I refill it. Or would it do to empty half? Yes. It depends on the size of the pots. But there's no point in using a whole load of compost if you've got quite big tubs or containers. So what I would do is just empty them by half, get yourself some slow-release fertiliser and mix that into the old compost and then put a fresh layer of compost on on top of that and plant your plants. So always reuse old compost. Uh, You know, it's perfectly fine. Now check them for the vine weevil. Yeah. So if there's any vine weaving in it, then chuck it out and let the birds pick at it and they'll pick the, the maggots out of the compost. But otherwise, if the compost is clean, just add some slow-release fertiliser, add some fresh compost and get planting. And finally, can you get polonia at the moment? Polonia? Yeah, no, it's not available until okay. the, it's that, that's our um, the uh, princess tree or the foxgloves tree. It'll be autumn before it's available. Okay. Um, so that's a good time to get it. Remember, I'm in the garden centre yes. tomorrow, 2 to 5. It's hanging basket planting time. I'll be doing three demos, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock. And please, 
just let the listeners bring in their containers. I'll pick a couple of them from the crowd, plant them up, and you'll walk away with them free of charge. Okay, and to everybody on Think Weapon today, the very best of luck. Looking forward to it. Okay, wonderful stuff, Warwick. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, That's it from us for the moment. Stand by Michael Neary, coming your way directly after the news at 10. He's live at the Foxford Woolen Mills. Uh, A big day on the cards there, so lots to look forward to. I'm back next Saturday morning, just after 7. Thanks for your company over the last three hours. Until then, a very good morning to you.